acknowledge your presence. The gathering is all about you and only you. We have come to that moment. We want to hear from the throne of grace. We ask that you speak to our hearts. Bring your word, your word, that will revolutionize our lives, that will transform us from within until we conform to the full image of the Lord Jesus Christ. And as your word goes forth this morning, let healing take place. Let deliverance take place. Let restoration take place. For everyone going through a battle in their minds, I speak peace. Storm, I decree calmness to you in the name of Jesus. For everyone that is downtrodden, let them receive encouragement from your word. Ultimately, let those who have not found you, find you this morning. And you be glorified. In Jesus' precious name, we have prayed. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise God, express on us. Amen. I want to get right into the word, so I'm sorry. won't be able to take the confession this morning. But remember, King Jesus is alive and well. Glory to God. Give somebody a hug once again this morning. I know you've hugged them before. Hug them again. Amen. I want to make this very quick announcement and then I'll get right into the word. And it's about the discipleship class manual. Uh, it goes for 750. Busola, is that correct? 750, isn't it? Okay. If you don't have a copy, this is the month of July already. And it covers the whole year. Please get yourself a copy. Some of us don't come early to church, so you don't get to hear the announcements. So I'm pleading with you this morning, please get yourself a copy. The content therein will bless you and enrich your spiritual life. Amen? That's it for now. Praise God. One or two quick announcements, and then I get into the word. Um... Worship His Majesty is July every year. used to be June. They moved to July right after the fast. And so the last Sunday of this month, by the grace of God, we'll be coming in here to worship the Lord. Not just in the morning, but also in the evening. And I was trying to work out the timing with Oriol Fair this morning in my head, whether it should be 4 p.m. or 5 p.m. Um, I don't want to keep us into the late night or late evening. So I think the earlier we start, the better for us. So I can almost imagine that we'll have it at 4 p.m. I'm going to see the leaders after service, and then we'll come up with something concrete 
which will be announced next Sunday. But just prepare your heart, begin to prepare your mind. We're going to have two to three hours of worship, just worshiping the King and worshiping the Lord. I'm going to get some of the ministers who have graduated to the other church to join us and also minister along with the choir. And I believe it's going to be a great time in God's presence. Amen. When we worship the Lord and his glory comes down, our lives are never, ever the same. Lives are transformed. People are healed of sicknesses and diseases. And all manner of things happen because Jesus is glorified. So mark it in your calendar. The last Sunday is 30th of July, isn't it? Is that correct? Anybody knows the calendar? Is it 30th? Okay, so 30th of July. And the time will be either 4 p.m. or 5 p.m., but I can imagine 4 p.m. so we can start early and then come and soak, soak in the presence of the Lord. Amen. Can I get my water, please? Thank you. <coughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. The Holy Spirit, the believer's advantage. Part two. I'd like you to travel with me into the book of Malachi, chapter three. And I'll be in verses one to three. I started this thought. With the help of the Holy Spirit himself last Sunday. And I'm pressing further today. Malachi 3, 1 to 3. And then we'll be in the Acts of the Apostles, chapter 2. From verse 1 all the way to 4. He said, Behold, I will send my messenger, and he shall prepare the way before me. And the Lord whom ye seek shall suddenly come to his temple. Let me let you know very quickly that our body is the temple. Of the Holy Spirit. And the Bible says that it shall suddenly come to his temple. So note those words. That it will come suddenly. Note also that your body is his temple. Even the messenger of the covenant whom ye delight in. Behold he shall come saith the Lord of hosts. But who may abide the day of his coming. And who shall stand when he appeareth. For he is like a refiner's fire and like fuller's soap. And he shall sit as a refiner and purifier of silver. And he shall purify the sons of Levi and purge them as gold and silver. That they may offer unto the Lord an offering in righteousness. Amen. Act of the Apostles chapter 2 from verse 1 all the way to 4. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly, do you remember that word suddenly from Malachi 3? Nobody came to church today? Okay, very good. You know I like call and response. So please when I call, respond. So we can do it together. And suddenly, there came a sound from heaven. As of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it sat upon each of them. Do you remember the word sit from Malachi? That it shall sit on them. Verse 4. And they were all filled 
with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now, in verse 2, the Bible says, suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. Let me say this very quickly. The environment at the time was not as noisy as ours today. It was largely an agrarian society. They went to farming and planting and harvesting and all of that. So they didn't have so much noise. There were no airplanes. So you would not hear the noise of a Boeing 747. There were no bombs at the time. And so you wouldn't really hear anything so loud. The loudest thing that was available at the time was the sound of a rushing mighty wind. Mighty. And that can be noisy as well. If this were to be written in our days, they would have probably said the sound of a bomb blast. So it wasn't something quiet. That's the point I'm trying to make. It was a very noisy event. This was ushering in the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost was coming. And it wasn't coming alone. It was coming along with the angels. They were coming down to the earth. They were coming to birth the church. They were coming to set the man on the earth free and start a new breed. A new breed of people. Hallelujah. That was a major, major assignment. And so we should never trivialize the coming of the Holy Spirit. We saw last week how that the coming of the Holy Spirit birthed a new breed of people. A people working in dominion. People working in kingdom power and glory. People working in love and compassion. And having victory on every side. You need to read and go through the book of the Acts of the Apostles. Actually, I like to call that book the Acts of the Holy Spirit. Because the acts there were actually acts of the Holy Spirit. He only performed them through people who made themselves available, who received him and walked in his instructions. So everything, all the miracles that were done, the supernatural acts, they were the acts of the Holy Spirit himself. Are you with me this morning? Now, how were they able to accomplish so much? The early church. You know, it's a common phrase today to say that there was power then. But where's the power now? Has God changed? Can somebody talk to me? Has God changed? In Malachi 2.4, he said, I'm the Lord, I change not. That's why you sons of Jacob are not consumed. Hebrews 13 verse 8 says, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. So, what has changed? That was what I began to address last week. That we are not taking advantage of the person and the ministry of the Holy Spirit enough. We are not tapping into what he carries and who he is enough. We're not fellowshipping with enough. And that's why it looks like there's a deficiency between us and the early church. God has not changed. The Holy Ghost has not changed. It's the same Holy Ghost in Peter that is in you right now. The same Holy Ghost in Paul is in me. So, but then, what makes the difference? The Holy Spirit made the difference. When the Holy Spirit comes into your life, and you give him room, listen to these words carefully. When he comes into your life and you give him room, you don't silence him. You don't quench him because you can quench him. 
If you read 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, one of the verses there, the 20-something verses, it says, quench not the spirit. Because he can talk to you and you tell him, no, I don't want that. He talks to you every time, say, no, I want to go my way. You are quenching the spirit. After a while, it will be there and he won't talk to you. Because every instruction he gives, you defy. Has he left? No. Is he still there? Yes. But is he active? No. How about you when you advise someone over and over again and they keep doing what they like? After a while, you keep quiet now. Are you with me, church? Are you with me, church? When the Holy Spirit comes into your life and you give him room, it will transform you. Transform. The word transform is from two words. Trans, which is where we also have the word transformation or transportation. Which is to move. It talks about movement, actually, from one point to another. And then form. That means to move you from one form into another. This is what the Holy Ghost does in the life of a believer. People will look at you and say, is this still the same person that I used to know? People will look at you and say, wow. The you I used to know 10 years ago has really changed. What happened? You used to be very angry and very cantankerous. How come now you are so nice and kind and, and wonderful? And, 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 and so gentle and so forbearing. Now, you know the difference? The Holy Spirit. Are you with me, church? It transforms people. It changes our form. It will change your form. Just like um, in biology, you have what they call, uh, what do you call that process now? From lava to pupa to imago and then adult. Metamorphosis. Thank you. God bless you. Metamorphosis. You know, it's the same butterfly. But if you see that butterfly at the initial stage, maybe it was in the egg form, and then after a while, it goes into the lava form. After a while, it goes into something that looks like maggot. Maybe that's the lava. And then after a while, it begins to develop little, little wings here and there. And after a while, you see a very beautiful butterfly flying in the air. The same thing, but has transformed. The Holy Spirit, when it comes into your heart and you give him room, will transform you. You can't transform yourself. Allow him. Give him room. Let me give you an example from the Bible. There was a man called Simon. You remember Simon Peter? Simon, it was Simon Barjona. But then Jesus gave him a new nomenclature. In Luke 22. Let's go there very quickly. Luke 22. And I'm going to be in verses 54 to 62. This was towards the crucifixion. Jesus was... Wrapping up his early ministry, his earthly ministry rather. And um, the disciples were facing a hard time as Jesus was going to the cross. Luke 22. And Peter was following. You know, Peter had sworn that anything that happens to you, I'll be there. Verse 54 now. Luke 22 from verse 54. Okay, before I read this verse 54, let me read... Verses 31 and 32. Jesus gave him a warning here. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold. Behold means look and consider. Satan has desired to have you. That he may sift you as wheat. He said, but I have prayed for you that your faith fail not. And when you are converted, strengthen your brethren. The sifting of wheat is not a very palatable experience to the wheat. It is being beaten, 
beaten with some kind of maybe rod or powerful, you call it mortar and pestle. Pestle. They beat it so hard. They beat it and thresh it and beat it and thresh it until they are able to separate the wheat from the shaft. It is not a palatable experience. This can be likened to what we go through when we are going through a trial as a Christian. When we are going through a difficult time. Especially a situation that seems nobody even understands. Everybody seems to be okay around you, except you. Jesus said to Peter, he said, Simon, Simon, Satan has desired to have you so that he might sift you as wheat. This is going to be a serious shaking for you. He said, but I have prayed for you that your faith fail not. And when you are converted, strengthen your brethren. Jesus had said this before going to the cross. Now on the way to the cross. Let's go to verse 52 now. That's where I stopped. Verse 52. Same, uh, sorry, verse 54. Same chapter. Then took they him and led him and brought him into the high priest's house. And Peter followed afar off. He couldn't follow closely. Everywhere Jesus went, among the twelve apostles, he had the three inner cacos. The three very close apostles. Peter, James, and John. When he went to the house of Jairus, they went with him. They were with him on the way when the woman of, with the issue of blood in Mark chapter 5 came and tapped and received that healing. Most of the major ministrations, you see Jesus going there, you see Peter, James, and John. But here, the Bible says that Peter followed afar off. He was a little far now. But I thought he said, Master, don't worry. Anything comes, I will be there. I'll be your bodyguard. I'll finish anybody. <laughs> and when they had kindled the fire in the midst of the hall and were set down together, Peter sat down among them. He came to watch the proceedings. He came to observe. What are they going to do to the master? What's going to happen today? The Bible says in verse 56, but a certain maid, somebody say maid. This was a girl, a young girl. She was not armed. She didn't carry AK-47. Just a normal, regular girl. A certain maid beheld him as he sat by the fire. And earnestly looked upon him and said, this man was also with him. Now, that sounds like, did they send you to me? You can imagine the maid looking at Peter. You know when you look at someone and then you take away your eyes and then you look again. And then you take away your eyes. Again. And then the person you are looking at is also looking at you. Like, ah, be careful. Oh. Why are you now looking at me that way? Did they send you to me? Finally, the girl spoke up. She could confirm. Ah, said, this man was also with him. And he denied him, saying, woman, I know him not. Peter. What do you offer? Do you know Pastor Fred? I don't know him. No, I know we read this and then we are all familiar with the story and you can gloss over it very easily. But this is serious. Peter was the number one apostle. 
for the number one apostle to say, no, woman, I don't know him. Denied him, saying, Woman, I know him not. And after a little while, another saw him and said, Thou art also of them. And Peter said, Man, I am not. The first was woman. Somebody turn to your neighbor and say, Woman. If your neighbor is a woman, say, Woman. I don't know him. If your neighbor is a man, now say, Man, I am not. Say you are one of them. You belong to that stock. He said, man, I am not. And about the space of one hour, after another confidently affirmed, this one now, confidently, I know. Confidently affirmed saying, of a truth, this fellow also was with him, for he is a Galilean. The guy said, look, of the truth, thank you. This guy is one of them. I can confidently affirm that because this guy is a Galilean. Now listen to Peter. And Peter said, man, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. You know, most times when people say, I don't know what you're talking about, check it. They are guilty. Said, what, what, what are you talking about? I, I, you know. You know what you did. <laughs> Amen. He said, of a truth, this fellow was with him, for he's a Galilean. And Peter said, man, I don't know what thou sayest. And immediately, while he yet spake, <laughs> the cock crew. I grew up in the, in the hood, so, you know. Now, those of you who who are posh and who live on estates and all of that. Nobody has a poultry around you. You have no idea what we experienced when we were growing up, especially in the morning. Nobody woke you up from bed. The chicken did. <laughs> and then your mom would say, oh, yeah, get up, go and fetch water. And then boom, that's how your, your day starts. You don't even start with good morning, Jesus. You go and fetch water first. And then you come back and then you're all tired. And then while you say, good morning, Jesus. You say, good afternoon, Lord. Because you're still halfway sleepy. Now, the cock, the cock crew, the Bible says, listen, and the Lord turned. This was a dramatic moment. Immediately that happened. And the Lord turned and looked upon Peter. And Peter remembered the word of the Lord, how he had said unto him, before the cock crow, thou shalt deny me thrice. And Peter went out and wept bitterly. That was the situation before the Holy Ghost came. Before he received the baptism by fire. <laughs> In life, as a Christian, we all go through the baptism by fire. But at different times. 
in the place of real trial and affliction, opposition, and all sorts. Some of us are in the middle of it right now. Some are just coming out of it. Some are about going into it. I pray for everyone, your faith will not fail. Can I get a better amen? amen? This was the situation of Peter before the Holy Ghost came. He was in a terrible state. He was all shaken up by the enormity of the situation on ground, which can happen to anybody. You look at the enormity of your circumstances and say, how am I going to get out of this? And you're all shaken up. All shaken up like Peter. But the Bible says, now listen. But thank God for the Holy Ghost. I'm going to show you the same Peter after that the Holy Ghost came upon him. I'm bringing this message primarily, listen, not just for those of you who have been born again for many years and you are, you know, used to the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Some of us are so used to him that we are almost taking him for a ride, taking him for granted. I am particular about those amongst us who can easily be taken for granted. What do I mean? We easily assume that everybody in church is spiritually mature, which is not so. While some of you are in 500 level, some are just matriculating. And what I mean by that is they're just growing in the things of God. So they don't know these things that some of you know. And those of you who know, you also need to be reminded. So you don't get too familiar with the Holy Spirit and grieve him and not maximize his ministry. Are you with me, church? So some of the things I'll be sharing are not necessarily going to be new to you. So maybe a vast majority, but please, can we help those who are just coming up? And for those of us who think we know, can we also relearn sometimes? Can we open up ourselves to the Holy Spirit and let him teach us? There are times you, you run with error and you think you have revelation. And you run with error for a long time and you think, oh yeah, I have revelation. Now, it doesn't matter how long you travel in a wrong direction, you'll never get to the right destination. Are you with me? You are going to Lagos and you face Ojo. And from Ojo, you face Monia. Idiocy. Where are you going to wind up? In two hours. You'll be in Obumosho. Ojo is probably just an hour, 30 minutes now. You'll be in Obumosho and you're supposed to go to Lagos. But if you face the world road or you face challenge, you'll probably find your way to Lagos in two hours. No matter how long you have traveled in the wrong direction, you can never get to the right destination. So please listen this morning and be blessed. Amen? I'm trying to do some bit of preaching and teaching at the same time so that we can get this thing and get it right. Let's look at Peter after that the Holy Ghost came upon him. Act of the Apostles chapter 2, which is our main text that we read. And I'm going to take it from verse 4 this time. The same Peter being transformed. And this is going to be a long one. This is probably the longest reading we are going to do in this message. But I want everybody to please read. So get out your Bible and let your eyes be fixed on your Bible. If you don't have a Bible, then fix your gaze on the screen. But I encourage that everyone should have a Bible. It is Christian culture. Act of the Apostles chapter 2, I'm going to take it from verse 4, all the way to 43. Amen? So let's, let's read together. Let's read together. That will help us. That will make it more interesting. Act 2 from verse 4. To 43. One, two, go. 
I want to hear you. One, two, go. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And there were dwelling at Jerusalem Jews, devout men out of every nation under heaven. Now, when this was noised abroad, the multitude came together and were confounded because that every man had them speak in his own language. And they were all amazed and marveled, saying one to another, Behold, are not all these which speak Galileans? And how we hear, how hear we every man in our own tongue, wherein we were born, Parthians and Medes and Elamites and the dwellers in Mesopotamia and in Judea and Cappadocia in Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia in Egypt and in the part of Libya about Cyrene and strangers of Rome, Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabians, we do hear them speak in our tongues. What did they hear? The wonderful works of God. And they were all amazed and were in doubt, singing one to another, what meaneth this? What's the meaning of this? Others mocking said, these men are full of new wine. Verse 14, but Peter, somebody say, but Peter. Okay, now let's go. One, two, go. But Peter, standing up with the eleven, lifted up his voice and said unto them, Ye men of Judea, and all ye that dwell at Jerusalem, be this known unto you, and hearken to my words, for these are not drunken, as ye suppose, seeing it is but the third hour of the day. What is the third hour of the day? 9 a.m. That's three hours from 6. Three hours from 6 a.m. The third hour. The third hour. So it's 9 a.m. We are not here at Shekpe Joint, taking Pelebe, or Shongoga, or Colorado. No. This is 9 a.m. Praise God. All right, let's go on. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last days. Sayeth God, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. And your young men shall see visions. And your old men shall dream dreams. Now, if you go to the book of Joel chapter 2, what you will find there is not exactly the way Peter said it here. Joel said, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. I will pour out my spirit. Peter said, I will pour out of my spirit. Meaning, this was the first installment. There were going to be other outpourings to come. Until today, we are still having outpourings of the Holy Spirit. Amen? And that's what will happen again when we come on the last Sunday of this month at 4 p.m. for worship His Majesty. There's going to be a fresh outpouring. Can I have an Amen. We had a fresh outpouring this morning. Were you blessed during the worship time? Glory be to God. How about last Sunday? Were you blessed? And so, an outpouring. You can never be tired of receiving outpourings of the Holy Ghost. In fact, we should receive often and often. We find that in Ephesians chapter 5, when Paul the Apostle was writing and saying, Be not drunk with wine, wherein there is excess, but be being filled with the Holy Spirit. Be, the King James Version says, be filled. But the Greek manuscript where the New Testament was written and translated from, says, be being filled, continue to be filled. Thirst for a fresh outpouring. So let's go on very quickly now. A power out of my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Next verse, let's read together. And on my servants, and on my handmaidens, I will pour out in those days of my spirit, and they shall prophesy, and I will show wonders in heaven above 
and signs in the earth beneath, blood and fire, I can't hear you, and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the great and notable day of the Lord come. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Sorry. And it shall come to pass that only the professors that call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. It shall come to pass that only the nurses that call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Who is qualified to be saved? Whosoever. Whether you are a mechanic or you are a mechanical engineer or you are no engineer at all. Whether you went to school or not. If you call upon the name of the Lord, the Bible says you shall what? Be saved. Anybody. Whosoever. That's a blank ticket. Glory be to God. That was what qualified me to be saved. Whosoever. Whosoever. That's what qualifies you to be saved. If it was only for the rich, some of us would not be saved. We'll die and go to hell. But glory be to God. This has nothing to do with money. It's about whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord. What shall happen to them? They shall be saved. Next verse. Ye men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God among you by miracles and wonders and signs, which God did by him in the midst of you. Pause. Which God did by him. The spirit of teaching, I think, is resting on me this morning. I want to preach, actually, but I, I, something is just slowing me down to teach. Take it easy, take it easy, and I, I just want to teach. Which God did. A man approved of God among you by miracles, wonders, and signs, which God did by him. He didn't say which Jesus did. John 14, 10. Jesus said, do you believe I'm in the Father and the Father in me? At least for the work's sake, you should believe. He said, the words I speak unto you. I speak not of myself. Hallelujah. But the Father that dwelleth in me, he doeth the works. Jesus made it plain in that scripture, it was not the one doing all the miracles. He put the focus and the emphasis on the Father. Is that right? Oh, come on. Are you getting it? The Father that dwelleth in me, he does the works. When Peter was going to talk here, Peter said, which God did by him. So, actually, who is the miracle worker? God. He dwelt inside his son in the form of the Holy Spirit. And he did the work. The three of them are always in unison, always in agreement, always together. They never disagree. The Father, the Son, and the Spirit. When you, have the whole, when you receive the Holy Spirit, that is the Spirit of the Father dwelling in you. Right from that day of Pentecost, the Holy Ghost came to take over the ministry on the earth. You remember we read it last Sunday. Jesus said, it is expedient for you that I go to the Father. Because if I don't go, he will not come. Jesus had to go for the Holy Spirit to come. Jesus could only be in a location part time. He couldn't be in two, three places at a go. But the Holy Ghost is everywhere this morning from Nigeria to America to Europe. Everywhere people are calling upon the name of the Lord, the Holy Ghost is there. Can I have an amen? 
it is still the same spirit of Jesus. Somebody described the Holy Ghost as Jesus without a body. Same spirit. Glory be to God. So, let me ask you, church, this morning, those of you that have the Holy Spirit, do you have the Holy Spirit? That means you carry God on the inside of you. No wonder in 1 John 4, 4, he said, you have got little children and have overcome them because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Who is he that is in you? God! You carry God. Somebody say, I'm a carrier of God. Everywhere I go, God goes with me. Hallelujah. Which God did by him in the midst of you, as you yourselves also know. Let's continue now. Next verse. Him... Being delivered by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God, ye have taken and by wicked hands have crucified and slain. Look at the words Peter was using. Sharp words. He said, you wickedly took him. You wickedly. You did this. You did that. By wicked hands. Ah! God sent you someone to come and help you. You took him by wicked hands. He said, but this was done by the foreknowledge of God. God knew this was going to happen. And it was the determinate counsel of God. Jesus actually came to die. So that we might live. Can I have an amen? He became poor so that we might be rich. Can I have an amen? He took our sicknesses and diseases upon him so that we might be well by his stripes. Say this morning, by his stripes, I am healed. So if you have any sickness in your body, don't allow it, don't permit it. Be very aggressive with it. A little pain. Don't permit it. Be aggressive. You have to go in the name of Jesus. And when you are dealing with the devil, you are better be loud. Nothing gentlemanly about this. He's the goat of the business market. He doesn't listen to anybody. You have to be very loud and be very bold and be very confident and stand your ground. If he's messing up with your mind, tell him to get out. Messing up with your body, tell him to get out. Take off your dirty hands off of me now. Take your symptoms off of me now in the name of Jesus. And stay there and insist until he leaves. The Bible says, whom resists steadfast in the faith. Hallelujah. Somebody is getting healed this morning in the name of Jesus. Both here on site and online in the mighty name of Jesus. Alright, let's go to the next verse. Verse 24, right? Is that correct? Whom God had raised up, having loosed the pains of death, because it was not possible that he should be holding of it. It was not possible that death should hold him down, for death could not hold him captive. Even in the grave, Jesus is still Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Uh -uh, hallelujah. Because he lives, we also live. Amen. Because he's alive and well, we're also alive and well. Amen. Hallelujah. Uh, next verse, for David speaketh concerning him, I foresaw the Lord always before my face, for he is on my right hand, that I should not be moved. Therefore did my heart rejoice and my tongue was glad. Moreover, also my flesh shall rest in hope. This is quoting from verse, uh, Psalm 16. Because thou wilt not leave my soul in hell, neither wilt thou suffer thine holy one to see corruption. David was an Old Testament king, yet he was operating the New Testament. He was already prophesying about the death and the, and the burial and the resurrection and the ascension of Christ. And these were the words. This psalm, the words in this psalm were the words that Jesus was speaking as he was descending to hell. Thou 
will not leave me. Thou will not leave my soul in hell. Neither will thou suffer thine holy one to see corruption. Jesus spoke those words. Thou hast made known to me the ways of life. Thou shalt make me full of joy with thy countenance. Let's continue now. Verse 29. Men and brethren, let me freely speak now. Uh, he was already freely speaking. <laughs> Peter, Peter was a solid guy. But he wanted to speak some more. Let's read together. One to go. Men and brethren, let me freely speak unto you of the patriarch David, that he is both dead and buried, and his sepulcher is with us unto this day. Therefore, being a prophet, and knowing that God had sworn with an oath to him, that of the fruit of his loins, according to the flesh, he would raise up Christ to sit on his throne. He seen this before, spake of the resurrection of Christ, that his soul was not left in hell, neither his flesh did see corruption. Can you see what I just explained now? This Jesus has got raised up, whereof we are all witnesses. We know what we are talking about. We were there when you crucified him, and we've seen him after his resurrection. Glory be to God. Because Jesus appeared to them and spoke with them, fellowship with them, before finally going to heaven. Therefore, being by the right hand of God exalted, and having received of the Father the promise of the Holy Ghost, he has shed forth this which you now see and hear. This is the Holy Ghost now you see and hear. For David is not ascended into the heavens, but he saith himself, the Lord said unto my Lord, sit thou on my right hand, until I make thy, thy foes thy footstool. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made that same Jesus, whom ye have crucified, both Lord and Christ, the anointed one and his anointing, Christos, Yeshua HaMashiach. Now, when they had this, what happened to them? They were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? They were pricked to their heart. Then Peter said unto them, he didn't keep quiet, glory be to God. I figured that he was a fiery preacher on that day. Same Peter that was running from a damsel. I don't know him, oh man, I know him not. Hey, man, I don't know what you're talking about. This same Peter was now the one preaching the same Jesus. What a transformation. And he didn't care. I don't know how many people were in that hall that day, but they were not as many as the people that were around on the day of Pentecost. By virtue of the harvest of souls, you will see. Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you. In the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of your, of your sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. The same gift you have received, you also will receive it. You will receive him. The message there was repent. This message is very scarce in the church today. The message of repentance. In fact, some even preach against it now. That you don't need to repent. According to the finished works of Christ, you are a new being. No matter what you do in the flesh, as your flesh is not your spirit. So what's the point of repenting? <laughs> Jesus preached it. The apostles preached it. Why shouldn't we preach it? That's why there's all manner of stuff happening in the church. Happening among Christians in the workplace. The Lord have mercy on us. 
Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Amen? For the promise is unto you and to your children, and to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. When Peter was saying this, he was having us in mind, because we were afar off as of that day. Today, we are near. Can I have an amen? Glory be to God. And with many other words, did he testify and exhort? Exhortation means drawing closer to God. And exhortation is a word shared to draw you closer to God. He did testify and exhort, saying, save yourselves from this untoward generation. Then they that gladly received his word were baptized. And the same day, there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. 3,000 souls. This was a multitude. And there was no microphone. How did he preach to 3,000? I don't know how to preach to 200 or 250 of you if this mic stops working. Glory be to God. Those online, our audio didn't go off. I did that deliberately. I took the mic away from my mouth. How did Peter preach to such a crowd and he won 3,000 souls? The Holy Ghost. Somebody said the Holy Ghost. About 3,000 souls. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. And fear came upon every soul. And many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. And all that believed were together and had all things common. Can I have an amen to that? May the Lord bless the reading of his word in Jesus' name. What happened? Same Peter, who was afraid of a girl, now faced multitudes. Declaring the lordship of King Jesus. That was a 360 degree turnaround. A 360 degree turnaround being made possible by the Holy Spirit. We cannot possibly explore all the multidimensional possibilities that the Holy Spirit has to offer. We can't. He is God, the third person of the Trinity. So when you carry him, you carry God. Can you explore all the possibilities in God? Can you exhaust all the possibilities in God? He's an inexhaustible God. The Holy Spirit is also like that. He's God. But what are we doing without? That's what bothers me. Why do we still lack? Why do we still fall sick? Why do we still get into defeat? Why does it seem as though the enemy is having the upper hand over us sometimes? Why do we fail? I'm bothered so I think a lot. And when I think, I go to the Lord for answers. I have a lot of questions. I prayed with people who got healed. I prayed with people who died. And I got bothered. He gave them a confession. They confessed it. What happened? You prepare for war in the time of peace. 
before the storm arises is when to prepare. Preparing in the middle of warfare is too late many, many times, more often than not. You can imagine a soldier who gets to the war front now remembers that, oh, he left his AK-47 at home or in the barracks. What did you come to do? Healing scriptures are not meant to be taken only by those who are sick. You are well, take healing scriptures as well. Continue to maintain your health. Are you with me? You, you, there are scriptures for financial provision. They are not meant to be left behind until you become broke. Then you now say, the Lord, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. The, take them even while things are still good and rosy for you. To stay afloat. The word of God is for our daily consumption. Not seasonal consumption. Give us this day our daily bread. And man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Are you with me? One notable thing that happened on that day of Pentecost. Amongst other things that happened was that the Holy Spirit gave them utterance. And they spoke languages that they never learned. Let's go back to Acts chapter 2. And I'm going to be in verse 7. The Bible says, and they were all amazed and marveled, saying one to another, behold, we are, are not all these which speak Galileans? How come that we hear every man in our own tongue wherein we were born? Parthians and Medes and Elamites and dwellers in Mesopotamia and Judea and Cappadocia and Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia in Egypt and in the part of Libya about Cyrene. We have a member in Libya. She, she joins online every service. And strangers of Rome, Jews and proselytes. They didn't stop there. Critics and Arabians. We do hear them speak in our tongues the wonderful works of God. Let me paint a picture of what this looks like. It's like you in America. And you're in a meeting in America. Maybe a Christian meeting, a believer's convention. And the Holy Ghost falls afresh on people. And people begin to speak in tongues. And they begin to speak in tongues. And you are hearing a white lady saying, Ah, now, the assumption would be, maybe she had learned the language. Is that right? But the person next to her is, is also white. And maybe he's saying, Oh, Chineke, Idema, Chineke, you are good. Oh, Chineke. Oh, I don't know. I, I can't speak Hebrew much. And then the next person is saying, Ubangiji. They are all white people. You are hearing your own language in which you were born being spoken by these strange people who have never learnt it. That was why these men said, are they not all Galileans that are speaking? These were dwellers in Galilee. They were Galileans. They were natives of Galilee. They had their language. How come they are speaking the language of the Critics and the Medes? Phrygia and Pamphylia. Cappadocia. Arabians. Parts of Libya. 
this is nothing short of the supernatural. In fact, imagine that you are not just hearing a white person speaking Yoruba language. There's general Yoruba. You are hearing her speaking Ijebu language. Your very, what do you call that thing now? Dialect. In the Igbo land, they have different dialects also. Anambra people, Anambla, the way they pronounce words is different from the way Imo people pronounce words. So while some say bled, some say bread, bread is bread, or some say bread. <laughs> One boy told me years ago, he said, fled. I was, I was used to him anyway. He said, I want to buy bled. <laughs> Fred, I want to buy bread. Now, that's, that's, that's like pigeon. If you go into the Igbo land, you will discover different, different dialects. While some say Ututuoma for good morning. Some say Ibolachi. Some say Isalachi. It's the same Igbo, but different dialects. Are you with me? Come on. Are you with me? I don't know about the Hausa language, but I'm sure they probably also have dialects. In Yoruba, we have dialects. There is Egbao. Egba meji Egba is different from Ijebu, which is different from Ondo, real Ondo, which is different from Akoko, where I come from, which is different from Ekiti. Dialect. These people heard them in their own native language. And listen, what were they singing? They were declaring the wonderful works of God. Hallelujah. That was the Holy Ghost. See, more often than not, when we are praying in tongues, we are praising God. The Holy Ghost helps us to praise God. Helps us to worship. This is the month of worship His majesty. So I encourage you to sing a lot in the spirit. It helps you to worship. Helps you to give thanks to God. Some people think that when they are speaking in tongues, they are throwing bazooka at the enemy. So they make it loud and make it, it's good to make it loud, but then the way they are speaking it is like they are, they are throwing bombs. Like, Rabba Sakata, Umbusia. You just might be saying, Glory to God. <laughs> Hallelujah. The Bible says they heard them declaring the wonderful works of God. And they were all amazed and went out, saying, What's the meaning of this? But some were mocking, saying, these ones have they've taken alcohol early in the morning. Then Peter used that opportunity and ministered Christ to them. Same Peter. Are you with me this morning? That same Holy Spirit will transform your life. This time next year, your life would have experienced a 360 degree transformation and turn around in the mighty name of Jesus. Nobody under the influence of my voice will remain the same again in the name of Jesus. There, there, there could be a point in your life when it looks like you're not making much progress spiritually. Maybe you're at that point now. Don't give up. Don't give up. Maybe you have not been reading your Bible. Don't give up. Go back to it and say, Holy Spirit, help me. He's our standby. He's our helper. He's our strengthener. Let me move on very quickly. Hallelujah. Now, when we speak in tongues, you, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 13 and verse 1, can I have that on the screen very quickly? 1 Corinthians 13, 1. I don't want to quote it. I want us to, to read it. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, 
and have not charity or love, I am become a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. Though I speak with the tongues of men. No, just leave it at verse 1. The tongues of men or, and, sorry, of angels. That means there are tongues of men. An example was what we experienced on the day of Pentecost. The Bible describes the people that came to Jerusalem. They came for the Pentecost feast, actually. The feast of Pentecost. People came from different parts of the world to, to celebrate that feast. Then this happened. Imagine we all leave Nigeria and we go to Israel on a pilgrimage. And then there's an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And then we are hearing the Jewish people speaking our language. All right? Are you with me, church? That was exactly what happened on that day. Now, they had them speak in their tongues. Those were tongues of men. Cretans, uh, Cappadocia, all of those. Those were geographical locations. I'm talking about the people that live there, the natives of those places. But the Bible also says, Paul the apostle who taught us this, also wrote in that same scripture, tongues of angels. But you don't choose. Lord, today, I don't want to speak the tongues of men. I want to speak the tongues of angels. This is where people go into error. Be very careful. Some, you know, some people think that they are so super spiritual that they actually can communicate with one another in tongues. There is actually a church I would not mention. The leadership of that church, they do that. I learned they do that. I haven't seen them, but I heard that. And if that is true, that is spiritual rascality. And then the other person, oh, gongondinga. Halenose, elende, lurados. And then they try to interpret the tongue and they claim that the interpretation is accurate. Extreme. Extreme. I remember a time too that I was very, I was looking for revelation. And if you see something new like this, my friends and I, because we were devouring the Bible, reading and praying and all of that, we were speaking tongues. Like somebody just bought a new pair of shoes. The way to celebrate it was to speak in tongues. Hey! And then he would say, Gabra, that's so, so, so. No, that's rascality. Can I tell you who you are speaking to when you speak in tongues? 1 Corinthians 14.2. I won't tell you. The Bible will tell you. 1 Corinthians 14.2. At least you trust the Bible. Media, please. Read it, everybody. One, two, go. Make it louder. For he that speaketh in an unknown tongue, speaketh to his pastor. Speaketh to his friends. Speaketh to his goons. Come on now. Who is he speaking to? Unto, now, speaketh not unto men, but unto God. Are you God? And you are allowing people to speak in tongues to you. There is the gift of interpretation of tongues. And you do know, according to 1 Corinthians 12, that it is the Holy Spirit that imparts this Spiritual gifts according to his will. 
It's not something you walk up in the flesh. Larry, speak in tongues. Let me give you the interpretation. Now, I will show you. Oh yeah, get up. Speak in tongues now. Now, now, I'm not. I'm, sit down, sit down, son. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just giving an illustration. You know, spiritual pride. Pride can so set and you think you're on the same level as God now. You know, the way some people look at people like us. They are, these are kind of guys. They, are, they have not grown. They are, they are still on the same level. They, they are apostles. They have gone ahead of us. They are younger than us, but they are older than us in the realm of the spirit. You are still operating at that level. See, there, are, there are dimensions. Which dimension? See, when I listen to some messages, I shake my head. Because you are saying things that you yourself don't understand. When you say there are dimensions that can you come, can you come, what are those dimensions? You stop there. And some of you, be careful. The people you copy, the things you say that you have not proven, <laughs> a time will come, you will prove what you know. People make statements that have no conclusion. They just hang it there. And people carry that. Because one apostle said it on the social media, and then you are preaching it and teaching it and giving it to everybody. You are serving poison. The word of God is our guide and must be our guide. The Bible states very clearly, he that speaketh in an unknown tongue, speaketh not to men, but to God. Men do not understand them. How be it? In the realm of the spirit, he speaketh mysteries. What are mysteries? Secret truths. Secret truths. Those are mysteries. Balanced. Our ministry is so spiritual, we communicate in tongues. No, don't do that. If you have been doing that before, stop it. Like I told you, I used to be guilty of that too. I stopped it when I became wise. What nonsense have I been doing? There are certain things you don't joke with. I used to joke with tongues too. Joke with the tongues of people. I stopped it when I realized that, look, every time you're speaking in tongues, you're actually talking to God. See, there are, some, there are different categories of tongues. You know, some tongues are bazooka tongues. Some tongues are just, which one? The blood of Jesus has finished. It is not the blood of God. Those kind of jokes. They are very expensive. Don't joke with holy things, oh. Comedians, MCs, don't trifle with holy things. Don't go to that area. Look for other stupid things you can joke with. Because the day you will need these things, they won't work for you if you have turned them to joke. Are you with me? And I pray for everyone. We will walk in victory in the name of Jesus. We will see the backside of the enemy in the name of Jesus. Everyone going through tough times right now, receive strength in the name of Jesus. Receive peace in the name of Jesus. So there are tongues of men and there are tongues of angels. I cannot differentiate. I have not been told by the Holy Ghost that the tongue that sister is speaking is the tongue of angels. But he knows. And what's my business with that anyway? Don't become a tongue analyst. Okay. Uh, sister Riofe, you were very spiritual last week, but today you have just been so carnal. You were so carnal. You were leading us in prayer this morning and you were speaking kato, kato, kato. That's, that's the tongue of um, 
from Cotonou. <laughs> Let's go on very quickly. Are you getting blessed? Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Acts chapter 2 and verse 4. The Bible tells us, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues. There was no rehearsal. They just began. They just began. It was sudden. It was all of a sudden as the Spirit gave them utterance. 120 of them in the same room. The Holy Ghost came, sat on them without any rehearsal. The music started. I can imagine the women. Shaka, 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 shaka. One woman. Shaka, 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 shaka. Another one. Aplakata, aplakata. Another one. Peter himself spoke in tongues. 120 people speaking in That was commotion. That was supernatural. It was not rehearsed. It wasn't rehearsed. He wasn't practiced. He came suddenly. My God, you have the same Holy Ghost. Can I have an amen? amen? And glory be to God, in our own days, we can start now. We can choose to pray in tongues anytime. Ha, ha, ha. That's our advantage. In their case, he had to come first and then they started. But then afterwards, they didn't wait for him anymore. Boom. Paul said, I thank my God, 1 Corinthians 14, 18. I speak in tongues more than you all. That means I can start it any time. Can I have an amen to that? It was supernatural. It still is supernatural. Hey, people, speaking in tongues is our advantage here as believers. Mark 16, verses 15 to 18. And Jesus said <coughs> to go into all the world and make disciples of all men. And he said unto them, go ye into all the world. Go ye into how much of the world? Come and talk to me, church. How much of the world? And in the name of Jesus, God will send you into all the world. Expression house, we, this is a sending place. We are going into all the world. There will be no limits over our destinies. We will cross borders. And he said to them, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Yes. And he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. And he that believeth not shall be damned. Yes. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. And they shall speak with new tongues. It's a sign. An initial sign of the believer. Speaking in tongues. And that came. Praise God. It all started when the day of Pentecost was fully come. Why must you speak in tongues? I have three points for you. Oh, my time is up. I can't believe it. Can you guys give me 10 minutes? 10 minutes? Would that be fine? I might not give you the three points, but let me just do, let me do maybe one or two points. One or two, all right? Would that be fine, church? Are you giving me 10 minutes? Are you making it 15? Somebody said no. Who said no? Now, I, I, we've got a package for everybody that came to church today. Yes. Something that... You know, it's in the spirit of the scriptures. Isaiah 58 says, when you fast, you should deal out your bread to the hungry. Okay? And um, God used someone to bless us. Just thought of the expression house, and we said, oh, glory to God. Yeah. So, the two people that said no, one person from here and one person from here, don't give them. So, who said no? Can I see your hand up? Now, don't lie. The Holy Ghost is here now. <laughs> I love, come, 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 come. I, I love this lady. I've never met you before. She told the truth in the church. Another person said no here. 
Glory, glory, glory to God. Hallelujah. What's your name? Sharon, you are blessed. Is it, you want to go to work? Is that why you want us to finish quickly? <laughs> now, please mark Sharon and give Sharon the first pack. In fact, maybe you might, if there is an extra, please give her extra. God bless you. <laughs> someone, someone else said no here and you didn't lift your hand. You want to lie to the Holy Ghost. <laughs> I actually heard your voice, so I knew it was you. But I won't give you, I won't give you extra. <laughs> Don't lie to the Holy Ghost, though. You remember Sapphira and Ananias? <laughs> Peter said, why would you lie to the Holy Ghost? The kaput. <laughs> Holy Ghost. They say Holy Ghost is a gentleman. Ah. Hey, ask Paul. When he was son of Tarsus on the road to Damascus, the Holy Ghost knocked him off the horseback. And he says, a gentleman. He can be gentle. <laughs> but he's also the Olori Ogun. He's the captain of the lost hosts. He commands the angel armies. He commands, at his command, angels, they bring out their sword and fight. The Holy Ghost and glory to God, this same Holy Ghost is in you right now. What is that situation that is intimidating you? Face it, face it, face it with the Holy Ghost. And drive it out in the mighty name of Jesus. Win the victory and come back here to share your testimony in the name of Jesus. We will testify. As I preach to you, I preach to myself also. Why must you speak in tongues? Maybe I'll give you one. It's a direct hotline to God. And I already mentioned that. It's a direct hotline to God. Direct. There are some people you want to see them. They have ten numbers. But one is the hotline. Only the wife and a few friends have that. If they release that to you, you can get them anytime if they are not sleeping and they are available. God, I don't know how many telephone numbers God has, but God said in Jeremiah 33 and verse 3, call upon me and I will answer you and I will show you great and mighty things which thou knowest not. There are things you don't know. Allow me show you. I'm at that point in my life now, Lord, please show me. You don't know everything. And what you don't know, you don't know. Allow me, call on me and allow me answer. Some of you call on God and you still, you're still the one that is answering. Hello, God, how are you today? So I just want to tell you that, okay, is there something for me? Yes, there's something for me. Thank you. How do you get that job done? Call on me and I will answer you and I will show you great and mighty things which thou knowest not. This is how to do it. 1 Corinthians 14.2 He that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not to men but to God. Men do not understand him. How about in the spirit he speaketh mysteries? Now someone might say, how about in the old covenant that they didn't speak in tongues and God had their prayer like the prayer of Solomon which I preached last month and fire came down. Yeah! He got it right. He got it accurately. He was also helped by the Holy Spirit because Old Testament kings and priests and prophets, the Holy Ghost came on them too. He didn't live in them. He came on them. So we can get it right. We have him in us and on us. Within and upon. So we also can get it right if we listen to the right words that he gives us to pray. But we have an advantage over the Old Testament folks now. 
the Holy Spirit now dwells inside us. We can pray in the Holy Ghost anytime. We can do this anywhere. We can do it anyhow. <laughs> don't take bike, don't take bike. But if you find yourself on a bike, you can pray in the Holy Ghost. Pastor Fred warned me not to take bike, but Lord, I'm on the bike now. Don't let Pastor Fred see me. And take me to my destination safely. Don't let me go to the altar and be saying, so that day, now happened that I disobeyed. So the bike fell down, but it didn't fall on my leg. You can pray in the Holy Ghost. You can be in the shower and sing in the spirit. Paul said, I will pray in the Holy Ghost and I will sing. I will pray in the understanding and I will pray in the spirit. I will sing in the understanding and I will sing in the spirit. Amen. Amen. Now, the question is, how often do you want to talk to God? The Bible says that when you speak in other tongues, you are talking not to men, but to God. So when you hear me speak in tongues, I'm not speaking to you, I'm, I'm speaking to God. Amen? One time I was on the plane. I didn't make it loud, so as not to cause nuisance. Because some people can also, you want to, you want to call attention to yourself. The apostle is on the plane. Kato, pe, yaga, gugusu, maya, ah <laughs> there are no bus stops in the air, but they will come and advise you. Do you want to get down here? <laughs> Underneath my breath, the lady sitting next to me was Indian. Her name was Anu, written A-N-U, but doesn't mean Anu, Yoruba, but that's her name. So maybe that's Anu. That's, I call her Anu. She saw my mouth moving. I was reading a book. I think this was a flight on my way to the U.S. I was reading a book, and I was... Because there was a long flight. So I said, what will I be doing? Eating, sleeping, waking up, eating, sleeping. Let me pray. Let me, let me build myself up. When you are on a long journey like that, you will speak all manner of tongues. And I, 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 I want to encourage you to, to engage in praying for long. It will help increase your vocabulary. It's like muscle. The more you use it, the better it becomes. You tone it. If you don't use it, you lose it. Some people, the reason your, your tongue is monosyllabic is because you have only spoken in tongues for the, for the, for the most part 10 minutes all your life. So it's just ka 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 If you now say, okay, sister, you will lead prayer one hour next week. Now die. How will I do it? So after your 10 minutes, ka 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 you know what you will do? You just start singing. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Ah, we don't want that. So we say, pray for one hour. We didn't say sing for 50 minutes. Do you know what I'm talking about? The choir can be guilty of that sometimes. When they forget their song, just change it. But not our choir. Our own choir is anointed. Hallelujah. Full of the Holy Ghost. Can I have an Amen. It's a direct hotline to God. How often do you want to talk to God? Let me ask your neighbor, how often do you want to talk to God? How often? Some of you are keeping malice with God. I want to talk to God every time. So pray in tongues every time. No wonder Paul the Apostle said in 1 Corinthians 14, 18, I thank my God. I speak with tongues more than you all. More than you all, he said. I wonder how many hours that guy spoke in tongues. More than you all, all combined. I speak in tongues. Paul was saying, I thank my God. If Pastor Fred said that now, say, oh, that man is too proud. This was Paul the Apostle. <laughs> Glory be to God. And he was thanking God. I thank my God. 
I watch Netflix more than you. <laughs> Woo! Some people are YouTubers. They watch YouTube, watch everything, watch all the nonsense. But Paul was saying, I thank my God I speak in tongues more than you. That's a good one. That's a good one. Ah, there is no way you speak in tongues. Let me go ahead of myself. No wonder the depth of his revelation of Christ. No wonder his exploits in ministry. Paul taught us about grace. Paul taught us so many things, including the love of God. Taught us about the new man in Christ. Taught us about the eternal salvation of our souls. Taught us the principles of Christ. The principles of, the, the foundational principles of salvation. So many things. How did he get them? He said, no man taught me, but the Lord himself. So when you engage in speaking in tongues, revelation will come. Galatians 2.2, 2, he said, I went up by revelation. You go up by revelation. In 1 Corinthians 2 from verse 9, the Bible says, I has not seen nor ear heard, neither has it entered into the heart of any man the things that God has in store for them that love him. He said, but those things have been revealed to us. How? By the Spirit. For no man knoweth the things of a man, save the spirit of that man that is in him. He said, the same with the things of God. No man knoweth the things of God, save the spirit of God. So if I want to know the things of God, I engage the spirit of God. The spirit of God will show me the things of God. He will tell me and he will show me. So when you are confused and you don't know where to turn, pray in the Holy Ghost. You are speaking to God. When you are in the middle of the road and you don't know where to go, I still pray. <laughs> yeah, bless him, bless him, and then pray, pray in the Holy Ghost. When you are down and out, pray in the Holy Ghost. When you are confused, pray in the Holy Ghost. When you don't know your way around, pray in the Holy Ghost. When you are discouraged, pray in the Holy Ghost. When you are sick, pray in the Holy Ghost. When you are happy, pray in the Holy Ghost. It's not only for the valley. It's also for the mountaintop. So that you don't make mistakes. Some of you, you don't know yourself yet. Until you are exalted to a particular position. Or until money comes. Let's pray some more in the Holy Ghost. So that we can gain stability. Number two. And this is where I stop. Why must you speak in tongues? It is how you edify yourself. It is how you edify yourself. The word edify is to build up. 1 Corinthians 14, 4. To build up. And what does that mean? I'll explain that to you in a bit. <coughs> 1 Corinthians 14, 4 says, He that speaketh in an unknown tongue edifieth himself, but he that prophesied edifieth the church. Now, what does it mean to edify? Listen to me, church. It's the same word that the Jewish people use to, to charge their battery. They say, I want to build my battery. When their mobile phone battery is low, the Jewish man says, I want to build my battery. All right? That we say, I want to charge. The word build, the word charge, the word edify, they mean the same thing. I want to be built up. No wonder Jude said in Jude 20, but you beloved... Building up yourselves. I don't know why the screen is not working right now. Because I want us to see that in the Amplified Classic. Building up yourself on your most holy faith. Praying in the Holy Ghost. It's how you build yourself. It's how you charge 
yourself. And we all need charging from time to time. How often do you charge your mobile phones? Once in a week? If you use it often, then you need to charge it often. Is that right? Is that correct? Our batteries get low sometimes. We need to build up. When you're feeling depressed, sad, and forsaken, we get there sometimes. When we feel unappreciated, sometimes people feel hopeless. I mean, I've been through some of these things, so I know that they exist. You feel forlorn. You feel alone. You feel unappreciated. You feel nobody cares about you. Look, get on your feet. Walk the floor. Bring in the Holy Ghost. Don't allow the enemy steal what belongs to you. Rise up like an edifice. In the Amplified Classic, anybody with Amplified Classic, mobile version, because we don't have the paper version yet. You come and help me read. Amplified Classic. But you, beloved, build up yourselves, founded on your most holy faith, make progress, rise like an edifice, higher and higher, praying in the Holy Spirit. Thank you. God bless you, Moriah. said, make progress. Rise higher and higher like an edifice. Have you seen the cocoa house in Dubai before? That's a skyscraper. That's an, it's an edifice of some sort. There are some across the world that are taller than that. Like when you go to Dubai, there's a Burj, what do you call that thing? Burj Khalifa or something like that. Uh -huh. Now, they're they 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 there. They go so high in the sky. So high. The Bible says when you pray in the Holy Ghost, you are making progress. You are rising higher and higher like an edifice. Many things discourage us. Many people discourage us. Don't allow yourself to stay down. People try to put you down. Don't stay down. Get up! Walk the floor. I encourage that you walk the floor. What do I mean by walking the floor? Praying in the Holy Ghost. Walking the floor like this. Because sometimes when you go on your knees, you hear yourself. Anybody? Have you been there before? Oh, one day I went to my prayer closet. Many years ago, we were living in Ashi. I said, tonight I'm going to pray. I was yawning. I said, ah, the devil is a liar. When I go on my knees now, I will not yawn again. The pace became slower. You know when you begin to say, it's like you have gone to a level of the alcoholic. It's like you have taken alcohol. You know when somebody is high? He's a stupid man. Obasanjo was my classmate. So I was at that level on my knees. I said, no way. The devil is a liar. Do not. I must pray. Let me go flat before the Lord. Let me. I said, the way. The, the, I, I, want to, I want to prostrate before the Lord. I, oh, I want to prostrate. So I went flat. And it was a cold floor. All tiled. The next thing I had was, ah, ah, ah. the next day, I woke up on the floor. I felt very miserable. One, I didn't sleep well. Two, I woke up with pains because it was floor. I left my bed. 
three, I left my bed to come and pray. I ended up sleeping. Confession before the church. But if I sleep now, it's not a sin, no. Don't be confused. When you go before the Father, senior pastor taught us this, and you pray, 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 and then you fall asleep, don't condemn yourself. Okay? Now, when there is serious business, sleep can be an enemy. Find a way to defeat it. That's why I told you, walk the floor. David the psalmist said, enlighten my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. There is a time not to sleep, oh. But we are just fellowshipping with the father. And then, you know, it happens sometimes you're tired all day. Da, 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 and then, in fact, you can ask father to help you with the sleep. But father, I'm resting on your bosom. And I'm going to wake up tomorrow refreshed. Amen. And then you wake up refreshed and then you worship the father again. Don't get into condemnation. Ah, I slept off. Now they've got, finally gotten me. Mm -mm. Amen. But I will encourage you. Walk the floor. Stand, everybody. Because I want us to walk the floor. The next five minutes, I want you to pray in the Holy Ghost. Walk the floor. I want you to leave your seat. Is there anything that you need to settle with God? Anything you need to settle in your life? Thank God we still have good time. Five minutes. Walk across the length and breadth of this hall. Everybody. Decreeing and declaring the counsel of God. If you are standing on any promise that God has given you, decree and declare it and then pray in the Holy Ghost. If there's a sickness in your body and you don't have a word, get a word today. 1 Peter 2.24 is a word for healing. Isaiah 53 verse 5 is a word for healing. Psalm 107 verse 20 is a word for healing. Matthew 8.17 is a word for healing. Jeremiah 30.21 is a word for healing. Now, decree that promise. And then begin to pray in the Holy Ghost. I know you are still starting jelenskelikali, executively. There is no executive prayer now. Begin to make progress. Begin to make progress. Begin to make progress. As you make progress, increase your, your pace. Increase your pace of walking. Harabadose kapayadaba. Ambrakatele rodoziyadabahaya. In holiness, fearfully praises, always doing wonders. Hallelujah. Is there anyone here this morning, you don't speak in tongues? Come out quickly, let me pray for you. You don't speak in tongues. You have not received the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues. God bless you. Quick, quick, quick. Minister, surround me. Minister, surround me. No, stand, stand, stand. You and your father's house.